Hello and welcome along to the Free Amigos FPL podcast. I'm PJ, aka Hindu Monkey, and I am joined by a rant-free Mars and a very special getting to know you guest. Our Amiga Kylie is taking the night off to put a bottle of gin in the bin. In this Getting to Know You mini-series, we've interviewed FPL managers from around the world as it's our mission to let our listeners get to know the persons behind the FPL accounts we interact with every week. To do that, we have come up with 20 questions which reveal exactly who they are. Now, we are very excited by today's guest, who joins us from India, where he has dominated the FPL scene for the past few years. With us today is the one and only Pranil, who you will know by his huge Twitter account, at LateRiser12, and his brilliant weekly FBL show, The Wire. Pranil, you are very welcome to the show. Are you ready to bear your soul to the FBL community? Absolutely. First off, that was so good. That's probably the best introduction on any pod I've ever been. That was so good to witness. What and an yeah, intro. Uh, fantastic. Fantastic and, intro. Uh, <laughs> seamless. Seamless. And I've chatted with both of you a lot, you know, even in the DMs on Twitter and also just looking forward to having a drink and chatting with you boys. Wonderful. Wonderful. We can't wait. Now, we are recording a little earlier than we normally do because you're in India. So I must apologize if we are interrupted by children that have not yet found their way to bed at any point. Um, but obviously, I believe it's near 1 a.m. over where you are. Do, do you always watch the Man United games this late then? The Champions League ones, yes. The Europa ones, maybe. <laughs> well, thank God we're not in that competition yet. <laughs> Before Mars gets a comment in. So, all right, let's let's kick off. Um, our first question is just uh, just a bit of an intro one. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, obviously, um, we've already said you're going to name location, but anything you want, job, what you do in your kind of day-to-day life. So, basically, uh, currently, uh, the short story is I sell shitpots for a living. Uh, but uh, actually, it's the family business, and we're into bathroom fittings, sanitary wear, tiles, home home uh, stuff. And uh, I just got into it by chance, always been a little spontaneous and unplanned in life. Uh, so, I mean... I got decent grades in my 10th standard, so I decided to do science. A couple of years later, I decided that it's not for me because it's too much work and it's too dull and boring. So I started to get into marketing and I sort of have a marketing background where I used to work at Nielsen, which is a market research firm for a year and a half. Got bored of that. 10-minute decision, I decided I'm quitting the job, uh, called up my father, told him I'm joining the family business, and that's where we're at right now. In the interim, I did have a company of my own as well, which I started with a few friends where we got into mobile app development and social media marketing and all of that. So a little bit of a, a marketing background, and I run a business. That's where I'm at the moment. Great stuff. My, wow. myself, and, myself and Kylie are both in the... Uh in the marketing industry. What was it about our soulless profession that uh, meant you returned to the family business? Uh, it wasn't, I just, uh, you know, it was just uh, reaching a saturation point at that job where I thought in an, about 18 months time, I learned everything there was to learn and there wasn't anything I uh, I would learn in the next few years is what I thought and I couldn't see myself doing the same thing because I'm a little bit on the creative side and it's just you, you get bored with things pretty quickly, right? So that's where I wanted to give a business a go because you're doing a lot of things when you're handling a business, whether that's marketing or sales or accounting or even cleaning the floor, you know? So, yeah. 
It's funny. It's, it's funny you say that because obviously I've known you now on Twitter for a few years and the kind of player and the person you are. I can see, you know, we, upside chaser, other words of it is you get bored of your team and you want to change it around because you want to chase those points, which is very similar to what, you, what you've done with the professions. You got bored and you moved on. You, and it's, it's quite interesting because I'm somebody who's not into the details. I'm not interested. I'm, I much prefer an, a holistic overview. And that's me in FPL. I don't want stats. I just want to see what's good and go for it. So it's quite interesting how our personalities in real life sometimes actually translate into the FPL players that we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I've come to the conclusion in terms of understanding why I'm the way I am in terms of how I play FPL. But we'll uh, dive into that later. Yeah, well. definitely. Right. Let's get into the next question, which is always an interesting question to, to understand more about you. So if you weren't human, uh, which animal would your personality match best uh, with and why? Uh, this is also quite an easy one. It would be a panda. And more specifically, have, have you seen Kung Fu Panda? It's Po from Kung Fu Panda. A lot of uh, yeah, my of friends. <laughs> so a lot of my friends actually call me Po because so I'm fairly goofy. I'm uh, uh, I've got like a people pleaser personality, pretty big, uh, also fun loving. So sort of that personality is uh, what I am and, and and competitive, but like in a fun sort of way. So, yeah, I'd say panda and specifically. Can, po, you, do, uh, panda. can you do kung fu? I cannot do kung fu mm. at all. I'm goofy. That's where the analogy really, really falls down, though, doesn't it? And no, but uh, my kung fu is FPL. So it sort of works. You like don't need to be good at kung fu. <laughs> I like it. I, I, I like it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I don't a, think Paul can do kung fu. I mean, if you watch Kung Fu Panda, <laughs> yeah, he, he's often bailed out by his um, his his teammates, uh, praying mantis in particular. So um, yeah, noted, noted. But that, that, that's a nice kind of segue in to actually. Sorry, segue. Um, I thought you were. I thought you were no, saying that uh, Zofa. I can't believe. I thought you were saying that Zofa and Big Man Bakar are are the teammates that are. Uh, helping uh, I, I could have made Daniel out. No, 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 that's, you know, it wasn't. <laughs> it, it, that wasn't my next question, so it wasn't a seamless segue in. But anyway, so back to India. How how has it felt? This is a very alien concept to to me. It might not be to Mars because Mars comes from quite a small country, obviously, and I think Mars has been in the higher echelons of the Palestinian FBL world in his hey, time. Number one in Palestine. I'm there you go, number year. one in Thank Palestine. It's much. not quite the same as being number one in India. No, it's not. <laughs> so so how did that feel? How does it feel to be kind of recognised as, as your country, and you know, the biggest country on the planet, I think it is now, it's overtaken China, and, and to be the best at FBL within it? Uh, so there are two sides to the coin. I'll talk about the first time. Uh, I did finish number one in India. I wasn't expecting it at all. So I was on a fa- family vacation and uh, uh, my brother is an Arsenal fan and uh, I was maybe 13th or 14th in India, game week 37 before game week 38. And I was like, you know what, nothing to lose. I've won all my mini leagues and all of that. So just let's let's, let's take a few punts. And that's how I generally play as well, right? So uh, switched out a couple of players, got in Giroud against Aston Villa, captained him and got in Mane. Mane scored a brace, Giroud scored a hat-trick, and I had no idea about this happening until the 70th minute where I was actually just uh, chilling with the folks in a room in Goa. I think most of the listeners will know where Goa India is, and I was having a couple of drinks. And my brother comes in and tells me, 
used code of grace and i'm like what the hell and uh, then i just log on to my phone and i see that nobody above me has jirud nobody above me couple of people above me have mane so i had a real real shot at finishing number 1 in india and then i, I think i was 300th or something in the world as well so yeah made that uh, jump from the top 300 to the top 100 and got number 1 in india wasn't expecting it at all so it was fun such a good feeling i i i, I could imagine you know i've um inspired by by you and and mars who won't shut up occasionally about his palestinian number one um moment i've tried to change my country to new zealand because it's much smaller and i feel it's much more achievable but fpl won't let me do it <laughs> you're stuck with the original country so uh yeah, yeah because i put england i've got absolutely zero chance I'm but, but it's season, also i think i'm pretty sure you can I'm pretty sure you can change it at the beginning of the season you can't well oh, when you well when it asks you to resubmit your details oh yeah i always yes. kind of do that really quickly in a panic frenzy in case the site opens up straight away afterwards so <laughs> yes i will take more care next year and try and go try and become the uh you know small girls try and become the best best person in new zealand but then you did it again obviously didn't you did, was it was it a different kind of feeling second time around or was it just like being there done that uh no it was a different kind of feeling obviously because it's never enough right you want to get on and 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 the second time i did it so i was in the top 2 or something in game week 37 and this was the season i came onto twitter first uh where uh, i i started interacting with both of you in that season i remember mars and me having a fair few conversations about fpl and puns and i'm always asking him about sala and he's always asking me about bruno and uh, we sort of had that conversation all the time but uh, you just want to if you're in the top 50 you want to get into the top 25 if you want top 25 you want to get into the top 10 uh, that's just the thinking i have i don't want to think about how much rank i will lose i'm always thinking about how much rank i can gain and that's where uh, the thinking arises from uh, but uh, the, 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 the disappointment in hindsight is that uh, it's not the closest i've been to finishing uh number 1 in the world actually because uh the season i finished 189th uh, was the closest i've been to winning the whole thing where i was about 18 20 points uh, away from number 1 three or four game weeks away and i took a ridiculous number of punts and i eventually finished 189th and and now that i uh, you know sit here in 2021 looking back and i'm thinking i could have sealed that top 100 in india number 1 hat trick and that would have just been so nice you know to just finish that off and i can retire for gistar but uh, it keeps me going and i think it sort of uh, hones the way i want to play the game as well because the goal is to just complete that hat trick and then see what happens so it uh, sort of facilitates the way i like to play fpl very interesting amazing feast i mean you know i joke with the guys obviously i'm proud of being uh, number 1 in palestine for a few years but the numbers are probably <laughs> probably 1% of what you have to compete with now obviously based on your from your skills and and being well known you started you, you appeared more on twitter you started going uh, on different shows and then you created the wire so how did the wire come about how did you the three of you decide to start with the wire so far bakar and i have known each other for probably 8 9 years where we were sort oh, of wow. acquaintances on uh, the ffs sports so i've been a part of the ffs sports for the longest time and uh, there's a lot of people who were there i think that, that that's sort of like the 
uh, brainchild of how everything happened in FPL. And we used to sort of work as a group study, all of us obsessed with FPL on that website, trying to figure out how FPL works and trying to figure out how to beat the competition. And we are all sort of helping each other. And that's how, so, and it was college days uh, around that time. I was maybe 22 or 23 around that time. So lots of free time, uh, spending a lot of time on the FFS board. So I got talking to Zafar, I got talking to Bakar, I got talking to a few guys. And then Bakar ended up creating a WhatsApp group called the Cons, uh, where uh, Zafar and me are still a part of that. And a lot of people from the FPL community, about 20, 30 of us have been a part of that group for six, seven years. So lots of interaction, discussing FPL, etc. And you end up talking about a lot more things than FPL when this happens, right? you essentially become friends and all of that so uh, after i got onto twitter uh, i had that great season and uh, finished in the top 30 and i knew of zofar and uh, it was always playing at the back of my head in terms of maybe i should start something because uh, the first time i spoke to joe from scout when he did the whole meet the manager thing i was nervous as hell and i had no idea that i could be decent at talking fpl and people would be interested in listening to me and a lot of people uh, you know started commenting and saying good things. You know what? We want to listen to more more of you. Why don't you just start a pod? And I was just talking to Zoff very casually and I told him, you know what? I think you'll be a good mix because you're kind of like a grinder and a safe manager and uh, I'm exactly opposite. And I think this whole yin-yang conversation would work. And uh, Zoff and me sort of ran with it. And uh, we initially, Bucker was the idea with Bucker was to have him as a friend of the pod and have him every alternate episode. But the chemistry between the three of us really worked. And that's how it started, where it was just a conversation. I floated the idea to Zoff and we just ran with it after that. Yeah, you've certainly got really good, really good chemistry, and it's it's um it's grown over the past. Um, as as I think any any people who record together regularly, mm. you know, we're the same over the past kind of few months and in your first season. Um, uh, I remember listening listening to your um I think it was your foot pod either week two or week three this season, which was the first one I caught this season, and it was it was. It was streets ahead of kind of of kind of where you were kind of a year ago in terms of how seamless you guys were and bouncing off each other kind of constantly. Um, it, it looks really you look like you guys are having fun when you're recording, um, and that's what we've always tried to do. And that's the type of pods um, or shows I like listening to. Um, you know, um, I, I I will sometimes stumble upon some which just they just feel. Um, you know, very kind of stagnant or, or very kind of um, just very just overly serious. And, you know, people think that, you know, to, to in order to have a laugh, you need to kind of be, you know, very, very joke heavy or banter heavy. But that's, that's not the case. You just need to be able to have a laugh with your co-host, laugh at some of the things they say, laugh at some of the way they pronounce words and stuff. It's not about cracking jokes. It's just about enjoying football and enjoying fantasy football. And you guys certainly look like you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. What we're even trying to do is get a little uh, less serious as a pod. Like, uh, I mean, we do have discussions in terms of which direction we want to go uh, when we're podding. And I just, you know, there are conversations about, you know, what we want to cite less stats. We want to talk more macro. We want to talk more strategy. I think that's what people are really interested in, and just in terms of how we're thinking and what we're thinking, why we're thinking that. And I just think it's 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 a better output uh, than stats because everybody who needs stats at the moment gets it in all these websites at the moment. So, uh, yeah, we just want it to sort of be just three guys chatting FPL and sort of brainstorming in terms of how to crack the game. That's all. Great. Fantastic. Um so next question, how how and when did you first get into fantasy football and, and indeed generally kind of, um, you know, football itself? Uh, so I, I'll start with the 
football first where uh, uh, so we used to stay in a joint family where about uh, when i was young and there used to be about maybe 11 12 of us in one house and uh, so my dad's brother's son who was my cousin he uh, was into football and he he got me introduced to a lot of things like watching english shows or watching sport etc and he used to be a united fan and uh, more than a united fan he was the biggest beckham fan and this was around 1998 1999 where he used to watch football and i used to look up to him and i used to be like you know what i used to just sit next to him and watch the games and that's how my interest into in football grew uh, and uh, then a couple of years later i started watching a lot more football and uh, you know friends in uh, India started watching a lot more football and the coverage in India as well the broadcasting and the coverage in India grew a lot because ESPN came Star Sports came and they started broadcasting a lot of the stuff we had John Dykes who was doing a lot of the stuff and it was just great coverage and you could not miss it because of how good the coverage was so that's how I got into football obviously united was the team that uh, uh, was the prominent team and everybody who was interested in football at that time was either supporting united liverpool at least in india was either supporting united liverpool or uh, arsenal at the time so that's where most of my friends are also in terms of supporting team players from these three clubs and uh, when it comes to fpl uh, since uh, uh, you know me and my friends were so into football uh, you have a lot of one upmanship with your friends where we literally betting on everything and uh, we were betting on who's going to win this game who's going to score this this score points in this game who's going to score a goal in this game and that led to us discovering bbc fantasy football and espn fantasy football and we just this this competitive streak streak especially with my best friend and we just trying to one up each other he's a liverpool fan as well so there's that that rivalry happening at the same time too and uh, constantly used to bet and we used to just uh battled with each other and that's how we got into fpl as well and uh that's how the obsession grew where i think most of most very healthy fpl obsessions uh, arise from rivalries with mates and that's how this happened as well absolutely absolutely 100% yeah. agree with you i i don't know i actually can't remember how i started it but i remember that when i got into with my with my friends um that's when i i started to take it more seriously and it's the rivalry and then start having leagues etc before it was more casually playing right like but i agree with you rivalry makes it makes it that more interesting um now it's it's easy to ask you what's your best memory and you say of course being number one in india but is there anything else that comes up to you as your best memory for fpl apart obviously from being number one in india so so both both the memories are funnily uh, associated with aston villa because i have good memories of players hauling uh, against Aston Villa so yeah. the first one i spoke about was Giroud Giroud getting that hat trick uh, against Aston Villa shout out to Kylie who is a big fan of Giroud i know as well uh, and the second <laughs> yes. one was uh, also Aguero versus Aston Villa and it, it, it was such a coincidence where you know it was a season i joined twitter at that time and uh, joe was kind enough to invite me onto the scout and onto his meet the manager show and i talk i spoke about how uh, people are focusing too much on the long term and there's an opportunity with aguero playing a villa who's conceding a lot of shots and i think you need to do that and look at that before going on to that and uh, i ended up doing that i ended up uh, captaining aguero everybody was captaining jamie wardy 
versus Southampton that weekend because of the previous 9-0 game. And I'm like, you know what? Southampton aren't going to forget that 9-0 game. If you're so heavily beaten by somebody, you... you uh, I do look into the psychology aspect of FPL, where how motivated a team could be, etc., etc. So I was like, no, you know what? Southampton are going to give it everything and make sure they're not conceding too much. And Wadi blanked, and Aguero went on to score a hat trick against Aston Villa, and that sort of uh, slingshot me into the Twitter uh, world and all of that, where it it was just happenstance, where I happened to speak to Joe the, exactly the same week, and I spoke about this thing that I was going to do where Aguero is somebody we need to look at and somebody sometimes you need to take risks and you don't need to be afraid and all of that and everybody captain Wadi, I captained Aguero, he blanked, I scored a hat-trick so yeah, probably one of the big FPL memories I have. Fantastic stuff. I remember that because wasn't Aguero just back from injury or something like that or we weren't sure if he was going to start and I remember you saying I'm going for him and City absolutely hammered Villa at the time, like five or four or five two I remember or something like that. It was a big score. Yeah, I, I had a cheat code though. So, so uh, when you're so obsessed with FPL, there are uh, a lot of things you're tracking as an FPL manager, which you're not really talking about. And Aguero, whenever one second, he was... one second, one second, let me get a pen, cheat code. We need a pen and paper here. <laughs> anyway. it, it, it doesn't happen anymore. But Aguero, at that point, whenever he was starting a game, he used to post on his Instagram story, and uh, if. Yeah, so that's that's the thing. And I saw that Aguero was posting that on his Instagram story and it sort of uh, gave me the confidence to go for it. And like you have no idea in terms of how obsessed a lot of us FPL managers are spending two hours, three hours on Man City forums <laughs> trying to figure out, looking for as much confirmation bias as you can to go for it. Because... And I'm looking for confirmation bias because the moves I make are not your template moves. And I want to take that uh, little risky move. I want to be pushed to the uh, edge of the mountain. And that's that's why you're looking for this. So, yeah, that's that's what happened then. Fantastic. OK, on to the next questions. So you are the boss at FPL for one day. And other than improving their security features, you can change one rule in the game. What is it? Uh, changing a rule. I do uh... I think you dislike this, uh, Phil, because we've had this chat on Twitter as well. But I'd get rid of the chips. I'd get rid of the second wildcard. Have one wildcard throughout the season. That's how it used to be. Remove the slight variance in the game and uh, let it be about somebody who plans well. I actually want to see how managers uh, deal with the blank and double game make chaos without chips in their hand. And I, rec- I think it will require a good manager to go through that phase without the chips in hand. And I, I, I think it'd be an exciting prospect. So yeah, get rid of the chips. Get I, rid I, absolutely, of I absolutely hate the chips. I, I fully supported you on this in countless arguments. Unbelievable. <laughs> the, the, I, I, you know, the, the signal of the chips has, has um, meant the gradual decline of my FPL ability. In, in that, that's how I see it in my head. It's also obviously having a fact you could put lots of um, other kind of factors in there in terms of, you know, increasing kind of producing content, a lot more active players in the game, et cetera, et cetera. All my mates have got better at it. But definitely FBL for me used to be all about the planning, all about the organization. It rewarded people who ultimately spent time. Whereas now they're not only are there a lot more cheat codes available to kind of people um, who, are, who want to be even just partially kind of active managers, but yeah, there's a much higher level of variance as a result of the chips. So I would I would fully support the abolishment of the chips completely. Yep. Sorry, I was just uh, asking Marcy his opinion on the chip um, politics. I, I 
I agree and disagree. I think I, I see your point about rewarding planners, etc. But I just think chips make it a bit more interesting. How different? Now I know, of course, with Ben around, etc., doing the work for most people. You know, let's let's not lie to each other. Everybody looks at what at, at when he thinks the blanks are happening and etc. etc. It makes it easier. But I think this we still all use the chips differently. So it really still is about planning. You know, it's about of course last season some people planning were unlucky, but they should have known that Shrewsbury was hit with COVID. They should have known that. You know, Dead they should start. have followed the Dead news. Start, Dead start. <laughs> but you know, if you take last <laughs> season away, it, we still use our chips differently. It really depends on the person and the plan. So a lot of the times, it'd be, it, don't forget, there's 8 million people. Twitter is a small minority. We might be all, uh, or within Twitter, you get 30% this way, 30% that way, 30% that way. And there's always 10% that just does it absolutely randomly. But it's still, uh, if you look on the outside and even, even within Twitter, we still do it differently, despite the fact that people are not spoon for that. I don't think people are spoon for it. The information is out there and it's up to you how you interpret it. So I, for me, I think the, the chips encourage you to, um, to plan, but it, you still have to do it yourself and plan and see the best way that fits within your team. So I think, I see what you mean, but I think uh, they need to reduce the chips. You know, keep, keep bringing new stuff. Yeah, That's and while, like. while, while you're talking about this, you know, the, the thought that in my that's happening in my head or that's going on in my head is when you're using the triple captaincy chip or you or you're using the uh, free hit chip, it, it's sort of like the equivalent of your personal World Cup semi-final or final because you're so excited for that particular game week where it leads to massive. Uh, joy or massive heartbreak, but there's so much more at oh, stake. Yeah, yeah it, it, I, I guess in terms of excitement, there is a lot more to it where you have two or three game weeks, uh, you know, with the bench boost or the free hit or the triple captain, where there's just a lot more excitement. So maybe you shouldn't take that away from the game. Well, I mean, look, different people will have different opinion, but and and that's why that's why we all that's why we're all different in FPL. So um, yeah. the next question, if, if getting more into the details and understanding you. Um, I, I know what I would say you are, but I'm interested to hear in your own words. What? How do you describe yourself as an FBL manager in three words? Uh, the first thing that comes to my head is opportunistic. Uh, I'm always looking for opportunities to get ahead of the curve, and I'm not afraid to back myself when those opportunities present themselves, even though the risk is high. So i say opportunistic is definitely number one. Um, I think number two would be optimistic because... Uh, to think in such a way, to think that things are going to go your way when you're betting heavily against the crowd, uh, you'd need to be generally an optimistic person by nature, which I am. I think that's the that's what we were talking about earlier, Mars, which is an extension of your personality coming into your FPL game. I generally don't think about the worst outcome, and I don't bother too much about that. And if it happens, yeah. it happens. And I think I have the temperament to handle that. So I'd say optimistic, because I'm always thinking about gains, not protection or what i'm going to lose etc all of that very interesting very interesting and uh the third one would probably be creative because again i think that's an extension of uh my personality coming into my fpl game as well because i do have a creative streak generally in life like i write and all of that so i think that also uh comes through in my in the way i play fpl because uh you know when it comes to maybe setting up your team in a certain way or a couple of the seasons where I've done well, I've done 
completely different things when it come, came to the chip strategy compared to everybody else where I like sitting in a room by myself for an hour and a half, couple of hours, figuring out how I want to do things and then coming on to Twitter or the FS was back in the day and uh, thinking what I'm going to do. So I like that the thoughts come are coming from my head and not anybody else. And I want to do this a lot more. So yeah, opportunistic, optimistic and creative. Not upside chaser them. <laughs> That's two words. He can't just just kill two. Opportunistic. So, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, it's it, it's very you and even and, and creative. Like, and I, I love the optimism. It's really interesting because I think me, me and Pija probably more. I'm, I don't. Well, actually, I don't know about you, Pija. A lot of the times, I'm thinking, if I do this, what am I missing out on? Rather than thinking about the possible. Well, I try. I try to do that, um, but a lot of the times, I'm thinking, uh, what am I going to miss? So I need to start thinking more. What I am I going to gain? I don't have that. I, I'm quite, I'm quite grateful that I don't because I think the managers I feel most sorry for on on Twitter are the ones who have massive FOMO, um, because I was like that must be so difficult. And obviously, I, you know, I struggle with anger management issues when it comes to the uh, performance of my bastard players anyway. So if I had fear <laughs> of missing out of all the players I hadn't selected, I'd be absolutely unbearable. So, um, you know, I don't have that. My, my my anger is very much kind of directed at my own kind of decision making. It's often those 50-50 calls, like should I captain Salah or Ronaldo or should I have brought in Saka or Traore or whatever. It's very much. And if I get that call wrong, I, 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 I deal with it quite badly. Um, but I don't sit there thinking oh my God, I'm going into watch a Man United game without Ronaldo. If I had no intention of ever bringing him into my team, for example, um, you know, I'm not one of those managers who's constantly wanting, you know, every player in the game to fail because I Ooh. don't own them. You can only own 15 players at the end of the day. Yeah. You've got no, to no, accept that lots are going to bang. Um, yeah. Okay. So you've, you've obviously, you know, you've described yourself there. Um, you're known as an upside chaser, as Marzi already said. Um, I think we probably know that that is kind of, kind of still the case, but you obviously quite publicly had a poor season last time around. So I'm interested in how you, um, you know, I know you wrote quite a lot in terms of how you reacted and how we've dealt with that. So I don't necessarily want you to go over that again if you don't feel comfortable. But has it affected you in any way going into this season, or you know, has it has it just just chipped away a little bit, or do you still think you remain very much the same manager you always were? Uh, so I I didn't know how was it how I was going to react because uh, every game week is sort of subjective, right? Because what happened happened in FPL last game week and what's happening in FPL this game week, there's a huge difference in terms of how the landscape is looking. And how much ever you want to plan and plot strategy, it comes down to what your temperament is like when you're receiving so much information week on week. So I, I, an instinct is instinct is instinct. Like at the start of the season, I promised myself uh, that for the first 10 game weeks, I'd, I'd, I'd uh, go the FPL Salave uh, and Abdul's a friend of mine and uh, he uh, you know brought to light a great post in terms of how you can keep uh, in touch with the crowd early season and uh, I did delve into how I did when I looked into the previous seasons and all of that and all of those seasons I had my best game week ranks which were under 10k game week ranks which were where you really half your ranks those most of them 90% of them happen in the second half of the season and uh, then we are in, what, game week eight right now, and I've captained Kane against the crowd. I've captained Salah when everyone's captaining Ronaldo. I've captained Rafinha last week when everyone's captaining Ronaldo and Lukaku. So uh, 
I don't know how to stop myself if I'm uh, playing the game in terms of trusting your instinct and backing yourself. Because what I like doing when it comes to captaincy or these calls is I like to predict how the games are going to go. So, for example, this game week uh, where Leeds were playing Watford, I thought Leeds had a really good performance in the previous game. And uh, Southampton were good at parking the bus against big teams. And United are a Jekyll and Hyde team, and I don't trust them under a manager at the moment. And uh, uh, that's the thinking which led to me thinking, you know what, I'm going to go for Rafinha because I think Leeds are going to score three or four goals against Watford. And how much ever... You talk about strategy or I'm going to do this. I can't constrain myself and I'm watching a few highlights and I'm predicting how a game is going to go and not back myself. I'm always thinking, uh, what's the point of watching highlights, consuming stats, if you don't have the ability to back yourself if you're reading a game in a certain way? And I think I'm just going to continue playing that way. Fantastic answer. And those Rafinha three points doubled must have uh, <laughs> must have felt massive compared to Ronaldo and Lukaku. So yeah. Decision yeah. justified yep. to, uh, to to an extent. So when do you typically make your transfers and captain decisions? Do you, you mentioned there about your process, but is that do you lock onto that very early, or does it kind of form kind of as as, as the week goes on? Uh, I think FPL Raptor spoke about this, where there's a first decision sort of bias. And most seasons, uh, when I'm watching match of the day by Tuesday or Monday or Tuesday, and I've seen a couple of games or three games over the weekend, I made my mind up. And uh, 5% of the times I'll waver from what I've decided maybe on Monday or Tuesday. And most times, if it's a very ridiculous move and I don't want to be talked out of it, I'll make the move on early in the week rather than later. Uh, last season was an exception because of the, of the COVID season and I was a big, uh, uh, you know, I used to keep talking about fuck team value and don't go early and all of that because it was COVID season and now thinking has changed this season where you go back to what worked for you, build team value in the first half of the season, especially because we have so many big hitters in play. Uh, I think a lot of people are talking about cheap midfielders and all of that, etc. But I don't think it'll be long before the likes of Son, Rashford, Mount, Foden come into everybody's thinking. So build team value, make decisions early if you want to build team value in the first half of the season. And uh, if your instinct is telling you something, back yourself early. And because... Especially now, since, you know, there, there's, I'm speaking to so many people on Twitter and I don't hide what my thinking is and all of that. I'm making the move sometimes early because I just don't want to uh, get correct processed thought into uh, doing the, on paper, the right thing. Cool. That's, again, that's interesting that you decide to, to go early. So this, this is, you talking about your moves, but you said you have to take a punt. When would you take hits or make that risky decision? So you said you follow your instinct, you follow your gut, but with hits, are you are you pro or anti-hit? And when would you think it's the right time to take a hit? So two things which come to my mind when you're talking about when I'm pro hits. Uh, a, uh, if there is a big player at the start of a good run of fixtures and uh, you're sort of delaying that transfer by one game week because the player you're going to sell has an average fixture and the player you're going to buy has a really good fixture but you're scared about what the player will do in that average fixer I'll still move early and take a hit on it because I think the probability of you catching that haul 
increases if you're moving early and let's say so let's say you're bringing in a youngbin son and you have to take a hit to get him against newcastle and then the fixtures after that are villa united everton and then a couple of easy fixtures i'd get a hit to get him for that newcastle game because you're just putting the odds in your favor of catching that haul and i'm i'm talking about 15 point variances where i'm happy to take a 15 point negative versus a 15 point positive because like i mentioned i'm optimistic by nature so i'm going to go for that so that is one case where i'm okay to take hits and the uh, second case is if i think that there is a captaincy opportunity even for one or two game weeks aguero was a captaincy pun for one week with a very high upside and i don't think there's a standout captaincy option elsewhere i'll take a hit for that too great fascinating um okay so it's interesting you say that very interesting you say that sorry please refer no no just dive in there there is <clears throat> there is, so i took a minus 8 this week because um i moved with the wild card yeah. early and I, i regret that i don't regret the wild card i regret the timing but then i saw the opportunity that i realized that a lot of people were taking hits and there were big players that i could bring in and the reason i made them early is because okay i, I thought why well, i want lukaku because of his run etc etc I don't regret the move. It didn't work because I agree with you. Actually, the, the other side of me that was saying Southampton could frustrate them. In fact, I think Chelsea are still trying to learn how to get Lukaku into the game. It's interesting if you watch them. Sometimes similar with Ronaldo in United. So I was kind of fifty-fifty, but I decided to go for it because I thought, right, I, I, I'm just delaying the inevitable. I want to get him. It's gonna have price rises if if you know his his ownership is only going to increase. It's it, it's going to become a must sooner or later. So just take it now. And although I did. For me, what I thought was the right thing, it, it backfired. But I actually don't regret that. I regret yeah. getting Torreira in my team <laughs> over Sa. But but that's a completely different story. But I I agree with you. Sometimes like if you see that opportunity, just go for it. It might my team looks in a good shape. I had an absolutely appalling game week. Went back, but we'll we'll, we'll go again. And also, a lot of people. Uh... sort of discredit the butterfly effect of staying ahead of the game let's say you took a minus 8 and you've got lukaku in your team now let's say you didn't do that and let's say you, it's it's inevitable that you're going to get lukaku in your team whether in game week 8 or game week 9 and let's say another massive punt arises somebody who's in form you're not going to make that move then because your focus is on getting lukaku and then you're losing out on those points where you're trying to be ahead of the game so that's also one of the factors where it's a butterfly fact, effect of staying ahead of the game if you're backing yourself that's that's another thing also indeed completely true um okay so this is our dominic calvert lewin and recently adama troeri question oh god following <laughs> marzi's horrible decision to select him over ishmaeli sar <laughs> on his wild card a few weeks ago so are there any players or teams that you you do try to avoid in fpl and you just just can't end up putting them in your side for whatever reason zero none no nobody have to be uh, open to everybody even if you're burnt by a player in the past have to be open things change teams change the way they set up change managers change players change players improve nobody and especially you need to make a concerted effort to make sure you don't have a bias against somebody who's done poorly in your team previously uh, because things could change i mean this happened with a lot of people uh, a couple of seasons ago with raheem sterling where they've been burned by sterling they've been burned by pep rotation and this was the first time covid hit us that that eight or nine game week period he went absolutely mental and he kept doing it week on week on week and people were like no this is going to end this is going to end no you can't have a bias against anybody even if it comes to 
you know, HM, you've been uh, burned by Ferran Torres at the moment where, uh, you know, you went on him and then he's not started a game since. But you can't have that. You can't have. You can't lead to that having. You it's having not, a it's, pep- not, it's not a fully fledged burning though because he's not playing at all. So I'm consistently getting bench points for him um, in the form of Liveramento. So it's a bit odd. I've never quite had a situation of of, of a kind of first first team player just literally not play. And because I, I I'm it actually doesn't go with the type of manager I normally am. I'm. I, I do tend to have punts on one or two differentials, and I often like a captain punt. But generally, I hate picking rotation players. And I know I've discussed this with you in the past that how I've never managed to call Pep, and obviously I'm still not calling Pep correctly. Um, and yeah. so I will always pick someone who I know is nailed for a lesser team rather than uh, an attacker at a team who I think are more likely to be rotated. But I decided that you know I was very keen. Look, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that this year. I think Torres's price point is so cheap that I'm happy to take the odd benching. But but it has got a little bit ridiculous now for him to start six games in a row in all competitions and then not start four in a row. Well, not even play a single minute of four matches in any competitions. I, I can't I, I can't I can't fathom that at all. But so yeah, it's just it's just that we're never gonna read him. We're absolutely never going to read him. But but it's, yeah, it's but... a shame that Kylie's not here to hear you talk about this question because Ky- you know Kylie does hold quite a lot of grudges. I don't think she'll you know be, be, be <laughs> you know be angry. Last with me for year, saying la- that. last year she did. Last year, last she year. Did. She's, she's, she's already sworn off Mason Mount for life based on one I... game. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Yeah. Right, yeah. let's move on. If you had to choose one player, past or present, to have in your FPL team, who would it be? Easiest question ever. Sergio Aguero. He's my cheat code. Oh, I love him. You, you oh, really do yeah. like him. I mean, you wrote a eulogy, which I'll be honest, was un, unbecoming as a Manchester United fan about Sergio yeah, Aguero. I know. I know, I know, I know, I know. Because he's given us probably the biggest heartbreak we have had yes, as a United fan. Uh but he's also just generally such a good guy. It's difficult not to like him. And he's just my cheat code in FPL where, because people, especially, so, so, my, so my biggest competitors are your uh, grinders, people like Zofar, etc., right, who are not going to make moves on Aguero because he's a rotation risk and he's rotation proof. And he's somebody who conceals four or five mistakes and makes up for it in one game week where nobody is even having him and captaining him in a game week and he bangs a hat trick. So yeah, I've made a few errors in the past five or six weeks where, where I didn't get some good players that my uh, competition did, but I made, a, made up for it in a 35 point net plus gain in one game week because people are too scared to go for rotation rotation prone players. And that's why I like City under Pep. I think that always leads to an opportunity. Yes, indeed. You've certainly been very, uh, very public. I'm never quite sure whether you or FBL Nimira uh, love Sergio Aguero more. Um, uh, you know, but that would be that would be a contest probably for another pod. So yeah. back to Twitter in particular <laughs> and FBL. Who were the first five fantasy football accounts you followed and and still follow? So probably the guys from FFS and uh, the cons chat that I spoke to you about. Just when I got onto Twitter, I was like, you know what? These are my friends. I've spoken to them for the last five or six years. Shout out to a few names. Top Marks, Near Me, Geo, Johnny Affen, Buckers Off, NC, Evs. Just people who I knew from eight, nine years ago on the FFS bots. That's where we really became friends. And with that, there's, there's still a breakthrough uh, 
forum called Nirvana. I don't know if you guys know about it. And uh, it's basically the guys who were on the FFS boards maybe eight or nine years ago. And there are about 400, 500 of us on a forum called Nirvana because scouts gone bigger, right? And it's, it's the forums are very crowded at the moment. And we form friendships with these guys uh, and spoken to them for years and years and years. And that's where we go and hang and discuss FPL now, where we've just known each other for so long. So, yeah. Uh, just some of these guys who I knew from back in the day. Yeah, I'm aware of that so, forum. I was um, I was invited onto it um, a couple of seasons ago. Actually, I did uh, I did hop on for a little bit, but it became one of those things that it's a bit like Playmaker as well, which I love Playmaker in terms yeah. of as an app and everything. But I can't. I find I get frustrated when I end up chatting in more than two places at once. So I kind of always end up coming back to Twitter um, either yeah. publicly or, or via the, via the DMs, just because kind of like everyone who I want to talk to about FBL ultimately is always there and pretty much always yeah. available. So, yeah, you know, that's why I kind of like, I can't seem to escape it, basically. Yep, yep, yep. So t- talking of uh, Twitter and uh, the, the FBL community, what is it that you like best about the FBL community? There's the good, there's the bad, there's the ugly, but, I mean, what, what do you like about the good of the FBL community? And tell us, obviously, you've mentioned uh, Fancy Football's cap. Tell us about your work with them. Uh, so what I like about the community, I actually think people are nicer than they give credit for. People are generally really supportive. If there's, let's say, an up-and-coming content creator or somebody's written a nice thread, and if it gets some attention, generally you will have the entire community supporting it, sharing it, retweeting it. And I've always seen that with anybody and everybody. So I think there's scope for anybody who does good work in terms of growing uh, because people are supportive of new accounts. So it's it's a very open to new people kind of place. So I like that about the community. And uh, I think with time, the community is also growing more and more open to unique ideas about the game or about FPL. Uh, I mean, we have Gabe FPL Lens looking and talking about FPL in a completely different manner. And people are taking that. So I, I, I quite like that people are opening up because I love chatting about game theory. Mars, you and me have spoken about this a few times as well in terms of how to play the game. And just generally, I think the community is really encouraging. So I like that. And uh, the scout, the scout, the scout is quite an interesting story because so I did well uh, in uh, uh, previously in FPL and all of that. And I was very keen uh, on not making this a profession uh, in terms of, you know, trying to monetize this or, uh, doing work out of this or any of that sort. And I give credit to my wife and a good friend of mine, Karan, who were like, you know what, very few people. And that's when the scout offer came in to write for them. And I was contemplating not taking it up uh, because uh, so it was very kind of them to give me that offer because I was a part of the community and their boards for a while. And they were like, you know what, you've done well. Uh, And I submitted an article for them, which was a community article. And they were like, you know what, we want you on board and all of that. And I was very close to saying no. And and, and I was like, you know what, I don't want to make this hobby work. And it, it was sort of a perception issue in my head. And then these guys convinced me that very few people actually get the opportunity to convert their passion into work. And it won't feel like uh, work if you really just look at it as passion and I 
took a leap of faith and went for it. And since then, it's been great because what I like the most about working with the scout is I've been working with them for a couple of years. Not once have I, have I had a brief in terms of what they expect me to write. They've just given me a free hand and told me, you know what, write whatever you want to. We trust you. Barely edit the articles and publish them. So I like that a lot about working with them and uh, very much obliged uh, to them to give me this opportunity. And that's how it, the whole thing took off, you know, where first season on Twitter coincided with, coincided with working on Scout, coincided with working, with having a really good season and all of that. So since then, no looking back. And it doesn't feel like work at all. It takes me an hour, hour and a half to write an article. Don't really prep for pods except for watching the highlights. And uh, you used to do that anyway because we are obsessed FPL managers. So this is just an extension. I think the input in terms of the amount of info, etc., you're consuming when it comes to FPL remains the same. It's just the output is maybe a couple of hours more. Yeah, no, you know, it's interesting. I, I really agree with you on the, on the thing about uh, being able to be yourself. Uh, I came into Twitter by mistake, but uh, I got known for one article that I wrote, which was around um, double game weeks. And and the the guys that basically helped me, it was Chief and uh, FBR Updates at the time. Um, They they offered to to share my uh, my article and they didn't have they just said they kept it as it was. And. When I was asked to then uh, for an, for another group to to write articles and I was told the format and what I can I, I hated writing because I have to write in my style my personality I cannot follow a, a structure and uh, it makes it makes a huge difference that's when I switched actually from writing to podding because on the pod they can tell me what to say but I was still going to say what I think I was saying you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, similar yeah. Um, a similar story. I, I got I got asked um, if I'd like to write an article for um, a site um, that will remain unnamed. Um, if I could uh, remove all swearing and not insult any players, um, to which I told them that was the entirety of my FBL writing. <laughs> um, so it it didn't it didn't really go very far. Um, but just quickly before we move on to the more kind of personal questions, I just wanted to say, um, kind of Pranil, that. Uh, I think I think you're a really a really good um, you know well a, a fantastic kind of writer and, and actually one of the things that is, is great about you is that I, I think the people who can write in the community and provide really solid advice in the community and those people who are actually very good managers are two things that are actually quite mutually exclusive a lot of the time um, and I do I do sometimes think that a lot of people get gigs initially because you have either a big personality or they've had a very successful season and stuff but you have you've backed that up with really really fantastic content i think you and, and probably abdul um who you mentioned earlier who, who me and marzia mates with as well fbl salah um you you both managed to be obviously incredible fbl managers but also help others um you know big man bakar will probably be another one as well in, in such a way that makes it very digestible very good and you know i just i look at you three in particular sometimes and i think oh you, you guys are doing is just surely you are you are adding to your competition i remember you saying your wife told you this once didn't you that you are yes. just giving all this yes. brilliant advice to other people and you know whereas actually i find a lot of people actually don't kind of still think i just just get the impression that when they're talking or writing they're still keeping their cards a little bit closer to their chest but you you three in particular are so open and honest which i find so refreshing yep yep yeah um just want to say my face is fully red at the moment so thank you for that thank you for the compliments i think that was uh really really generous of you so thank you 
that's okay. We're now getting into the uh, more personal stuff about you. Where I'm probably going to take the piss a little bit more. So first question, if you are hosting a dinner party and you can invite any three people, living or dead, who are they and what food and drink are you preparing for them? Uh, so first one, easy, easy answer, Sir Alex Ferguson. Imagine the stories he'd have to tell you over a bottle of Merlot. So definitely Sir Alex Ferguson, because I wouldn't let him leave the house for a few days. I just want to hear all the things he'd have to say. So probably that. Uh, then there's Wayne Rooney. Uh, first person, first footballer I feel like I genuinely fell in love with because of what he did, in, did on the pitch in terms of how much he gave on the pitch for our club and all of that. So uh, that'd be Sir Alex Ferguson, that'd be Wayne Rooney. And then there's uh, Sachin Tendulkar, who's a cricketer I uh, grew up admiring. Very humble man, just a really, really good guy. Uh, so these three guys talk sport, uh, talk some movies, talk some films. What I'd serve them is uh, probably like a buffet of the street food from the different parts of India. Because there's just a, it pisses me off to know no end because there's this perception that Indian food is curry, rice and some naan or roti or something like that. There's just so much more to Indian food. We've got like 25 different cuisines happening within India and all those 25 cuisines have like 15 to 20 spectacular dishes. So Indian food isn't just curry and roti. So I would probably serve up like uh, Indian food from different parts of the country and uh, wine for Fergie and uh, beer and scotch for the rest sounds fantastic i would i would love to be there both for my love of of mm. all different sorts of curry and i agree with you on curry it's my i always answer india to the, the kind of question of if you had to only eat one country's cuisine for the rest of your life what would you choose because because of that variety like you say it's not just one curry over and over it's 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 just many... not curry as well there's, there's 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 so much more to indian food there's literally so much more to indian food i wish you like you come down to india you'll meet me and i'll uh, let you know what i'm talking about i'll just i'll just pop down yeah you know yeah <laughs> nice nice and simple um uh, you mentioned yeah. you're, you're a big you're obviously a big cricket fan and you do you do tweet about that a lot obviously gave a bit of banter back and forth with the recent kind of test series um yeah who who, who do you think was ultimately better out of Lara and, and Tanduka. Oh. oh, that's a tough question. But I, I'd say Tanduka, I'll stick to my roots. <laughs> I was having this argument with Morpheus Fire, who was claiming Lara, um, uh, um, despite being Indian himself. And, um, you know, but actually, I, I like to throw a curveball in there because I think probably the most underrated batsman I've ever I've ever witnessed was uh, Sangakara. Yeah, great, great player, great player. Uh, even especially amongst Indians, the debate there's there's a lot of people who actually think that Dravid or uh, Ganguly were better cricketers than Ganguly. Sachin. Yeah. Yes, he was one of my better, favorites. He was one yeah. of my favorites. Yeah, he's he's known very well known for the famous removing his shirt and spinning it around in that NatWest Trophy uh, when <laughs> Yuvraj and Kev, uh, you know, pulled off a miracle chase against England. That's what he's known for. He's actually the captain that's well known for bringing aggression into, into Indian cricket. So that, that's the debate actually that they have, Phil, where a lot of them don't think Sachin was uh, the best cricketer that the country's produced. They think he's a bit of a stat padder. 
and the other two have played more crucial. He was good. He, he was, was good. Yeah, he was so yeah. good. He he was one of the first cricketers I, the first non-English cricketers certainly that I I fell yeah. in love with. Um, Dravid is so boring. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ganguly, yeah, I can see. I can see the Ganguly in the way that a lot of West Indians obviously love Gale. Um, so yeah. I can I I can I can see that. But but yeah, mm. Tanduka was. Was was the absolute yeah. boy as far as I'm concerned. Something so. about something about the current crop of cricketers that I just I can't I don't feel the same as when you know 10 15 years ago when these guys you know with the ones we mentioned now talking about maybe may, I don't know maybe because t- 2005 would never be matched and I'm not talking about Istanbul I'm talking about um, the Ashes but I don't know and obviously the, you know the, the big Indian teams then and uh, Lara etc I don't know the, the, the current crop I'm not as into it as I was before. Maybe I'm just Fair getting enough. older and uh, I think it's a different game now. Much. It's, a, it's a bit of a different is, game, obviously, with is. the uh, IP, IPA yeah. and everything. IPA? That's, that's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, let's let's move get on quickly. We could, talk, we could talk about many sports. Uh, it's yeah. brilliant. Uh, right. So, um, con- continuing with the food, this is a question that's come off after a, a great question we got on the pod from uh, from Adam, 35Who. Um, if you could create the perfect sandwich, what would you put in it? I think with sandwiches, I think the simpler it is, the better it is. Because you don't need too many ingredients. I don't think you need too much confusion there. And I'll just add a little bit of my Indian heritage in there. This is my favorite sandwich where you just add some boiled potato. You add some Indian green chutney, which is made out of coriander and a bit of lime and garlic, and some chaat masala, and that is it. It's a beautiful sandwich. I don't know if you guys have tried it. I encourage you guys to try it. Just boiled potato, slices of boiled potato, green chutney, and chaat masala. Winning combination. My wife makes the green chutney a lot. She's uh, she has Indian heritage, so we 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 get the the green chutney a lot, but. And potato in a sandwich, I, I, I've, I, again, the, the Indian it's side, bold. I've seen it. But it is bold. Uh, the it is bold. Masala, is, that, is that chickpeas? Sorry. No, chaat masala is just like like salt, but with a little bit of more spices, which are slightly on the salty slash sour side. So it's basically a salted coriander potato, potato sandwich. wrap. Yeah. <laughs> and it, 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 are you having it's like that, a chip, are you like a that in, in roti, said, or, or in our bread? Or? Yeah. Yeah, but you won't know how good it is until you try it. Well, I'm so, gonna try it. Uh, I'm gonna try it. Yeah. I love, yeah. I love sandwich. I love wrapping anything in bread in any way. Yeah. Well, be it, be the it, the be sauce it. makes it though. Uh, yeah, always. PJ, the sauce always. makes it. It's it's an unbelievable sauce. You can't have a dry sandwich. The the accompanying yeah. chutney, pickle, relish, yeah. sauce, whatever you want to call it, is key to and, any winning and, sandwich. And you, do, and you don't dip the sandwich into the chutney. What you do is you take a knife and like how you. Sp- bread, butter, and Nutella on a piece of bread. You spread that chutney on a piece of bread. And then you have some uh, sliced potatoes and chaat masala happening. And that's it. That's all you need. Fantastic. I will definitely give it a try. Yeah. So do you have any special skills outside of being rather good at FBL and and your kind of normal day-to-day job? So it's in congruence with... uh, the pod that is the three amigos as well because uh in my free time like i mentioned i do have a fairly creative streak and i uh if i was slightly more planned in life and not as spontaneous i would have probably been working in a marketing firm right now or an advertising agency writing jingles and all of that so in my free time i do write a fair bit whether it's just writing short passages or some poems or letting my thoughts out and all of that so yeah 
writing, I reckon. And there's an extension of that in where I get to write for the scout. But uh, I do write a lot of poems and personal stuff and all of that as well. Interesting. You have to put something out on, on Twitter for us to see. You know what you could do is you create a burner account, put it out and see if people like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could do that. I could do that. Why not? I have published them on like you my page, Facebook profile and things like that. But you can, you can that was said it. People look out for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So switching now, uh, are you into? So you said you write poems. So you into music? Like what? Do you have a favorite band? Uh, with with the lockdown and everything, um, you know, we've all been in, watching lots of TV. Do you have a favorite movie? And what show are you currently watching? Um. So talking about The Wire, I, I never watched The Wire before. Um, what season? What one? are you saying, Mars? No, no, it's true. That. I've never, I've never watched it, right? So um, during lockdown, I tried to get into season one, couldn't get into it because it was a little bit slow. And when I say that, people attack me. But I've just finished. I'm just on the final episode of season two, and it's absolutely fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, um, it's, a, know, it's a little bit of a slow burner, right? It's a little bit of an acquired taste, but it takes some time very, to get into it. But once you're into it, my God. Season so one what? Season one was very slow. You know, I like action. And season one was very slow, but season two, very interesting. Anyway, it's not about me. So it's just the fact that we, we, we were talking about the wire, I remembered. So tell me, music, band, uh, movies, and what, what you're currently watching. So, I mean, a lot of uh, good artists that I like listening to. Currently, uh, my favorite artist is an Indian guy called Pratik Kuhad. If you guys want to check out his music, it's really, really good. My Favorite Indian band of all time is probably Jal. And from the international bands, I like uh, Oasis, Coldplay. And uh, you haven't really grown up if you've not liked uh, Linkin Park in your college days as well. So, yeah, a bit of Linkin Park as well. Uh, favorite movie? Too many to name because I actually watch a lot of television. I watch a lot of movies. I watch a lot of shows. But uh, the names that pop off the top of my head right now, maybe uh, I, I love a bit of feel good so pursuit of happiness maybe i thought will smith was sensational in that movie mm. jerry Maguire. just love a good uh underdog story uh uh dark knight because i'm a big nolan fan as well and argo i thought argo was a small story that was executed brilliantly on the screen so argo probably these are the names uh that i talk about when it comes to my favorite movie there's loads i i, I don't know how to pick one because yeah, i think there's got, a mood for <laughs> You know, you got gradually better with that list after an uneven start. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, which movie are you talking very... about? Both Come the on. Pursuit of Maguire, they're so sappy. You know, a true story, I took my um, I took my partner, who I've been with for over 20 years, to uh, to see Jerry Maguire on our first date. And I didn't get a second date for six months off the back of that movie recommendation. <laughs> so, so I've never forgiven... <laughs> Jerry Maguire or, or Tom Cruise for for that moment. So I've, I've I've never watched it since. In fairness, so it probably warrants the second second <laughs> viewing now. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I walked out and I was like I was like ah oh, you know wasn't that kid really cute? And she just kind of looked at me and was like and with that look it's like this isn't going to work between us. And you know uh, six six months later I won her back though. So you know jokes on her. But we've not watched the film again since. I, I do like a bit of sappy drama. I don't mind that. I don't mind letting the water fountain out once in a while I, I i cry at tangled relentlessly which my daughters make me watch if you've not seen tangled uh, i recommend it as far and away the best disney film i haven't seen it and i will check it out honestly you will you will cry 
Certainly, if you oh, cry yeah. at the pursuit of happiness, you will cry at Tangled. I mean, I was Damn. crying, Damn. but mainly of pain when I had to watch that. So. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the start of the international break, so I'm happy to have the recommendations and just go for it. Um, so what about TV shows? Are you, are you into the Squid Game like everyone is at the moment? Yeah, I'm on episode five at the moment. Ooh, I'm on episode six. Is that what you watch yeah, the Marvel was... episode? Yeah. Uh, no, I think oh, I'm just about to start one? that episode. Yeah. Just about to start that episode. Good show, enjoying it. It's a different concept. But uh, so, so, so when it comes to watching shows, there are shows that I watch with the wife and there are shows that you watch alone because the wife tends to sleep early. So there's things that we watch together and then there are things that I watch alone. So I'm watching White Lotus by myself at the moment and watching Squid Game and the morning show with her at the moment and i can't wait i think it's what 5th october right now 13th october the new episode of succession new season of succession comes out if you haven't seen it it's convincingly the best thing i've seen in the last three years in terms of writing can't recommend it enough beautiful show succession is this the one about the music industry no it's not no no uh. no it's the um, it's, one about very i i i've only watched i've watched season one and i liked it i, I and it was obviously very good I did find it difficult because I hated absolutely everybody in it. And what's, so what I, is it about? And so I haven't yet um, watched the second series. Um, well, I'll let, I'll let Pranil explain. Yeah, it gets better in the second season. It just gets better. It's, 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 the, the writing in the second season, I thought, was fantastic. Three or four episodes stick with me like till day. They're so good. So, Mars, it's about uh, this incredibly rich uh, family where the father is the owner of a media house which owns a few which owns a few newspapers and all of that and uh, he's got three kids and all three of them are despicable characters and uh, it's about who's going to get the business after that but it's done in a fabulous way and there's just a lot of uh, well written characters on the show you should check it out really good show yeah Yeah, when I read about about it I wasn't when I read about it, I wasn't too sure, but you know, I'll, I'll go with the recommendation because I'm I'm just about to finish. Uh, well, well, when I finish season two of the Wire, I might take a break or I might go into season three. I don't know, but I want to watch the last season of the Heist, Money Heist. I know people saying it's not as good as the first few. To be honest, it got worse, but so, it's just one of the so. things I have to finish. Yeah, Squid Game, I haven't even looked at. Um, so, so you know, friend, I was telling you earlier that I'm a late adopter. I only just watched Breaking Bad, and that was in the first lockdown. I had never watched it before, but no. I think it's because I have the same. So we have said, so you know, me and my, me and my wife we watch TV all the time together, right? So um, the problem is she doesn't like half the stuff I would want to watch. Uh, anything yeah. go, anything action or uh, you know, shooting or anything like that or. Uh, suspense thrillers that I like, you know, missing kids, especially or anything like that. Shula, not bad energy. I'm watching that. So it's really when you know, with kids, etc. They go to bed earlier, and then I get more time to watch. I started watching these programs, and like Breaking Bad, whoa, blew me away. I'd never watched it before, so it was brilliant. Yeah. Just coming behind for everybody. I was messaging PJ when I was watching it. He's like, just keep watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Again, it's a little bit of a slow burner. It takes you a while to get into it. The first season is especially slow, but it just gets better and better. You won't face that problem with succession, by the way. Episode one, bang, bang, you're right into it. Cool. Yeah, it certainly starts starts strong for me off. And I a couple of people have recommended White Lotus. I think Rockstar was recommending me White Lotus. Yeah. So um, I think I'm going to yeah. check that out at that next as well. So. Great. Okay, so on to the kind of final couple of questions then. So we're looking here for you to be completely honest and let us know one guilty pleasure and one bad habit 
that you have? Uh, so, uh, so on the topic of TV, I'll, I'll go with the guilty pleasure first. I do enjoy sometimes a bit of teenage drama or trash TV, and I love watching that. So that's probably my uh, guilty pleasure. And I'm talking about uh, the Housewives of Beverly Hills kind of stuff. Sometimes I just indulge in that kind of stuff, and I don't really want to think. I want to maybe just be on Twitter and have something in the background. I'm justifying myself right now, but that's my guilty pleasure. And uh, bad habit is, again, associated with TV, where I'm a late sleeper. Generally, I sleep around 2.33. Football's to blame for a lot of it. But uh, like I like having my me time once the wife is off to bed, you know, having an hour or two to myself. And uh, that's when I watch a lot of television. And it's just a very bad habit of compulsively having to munch on something when I'm watching television. And I don't know how to get rid of that habit. So it's probably the worst habit I have. So, yeah, I, that's I, that. I, I have that exact exact same habit i have to say with and i've learned to kind of control it kind of over the how you know um mainly by drinking water that is that is honestly so i have to either drink or eat something when i'm watching television pretty much and me, me and my partner will whenever we get a takeaway like on a on a kind of on a friday night or something when we've had really hard weeks at work i i, I always want to eat that takeaway whilst watching a film um, and she, yes. yeah, and she'll always look at me like, "What? No, 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 no. We'll, we'll eat the food first, and then watch the film yes. afterwards." And I was like, "No, no, no. Why? Why would you not combine these two experiences?" So when, exactly. When, you know, when she works night shifts, vis-a-vis, because um, she's a doctor, so she often works kind of like long shifts or night shifts. Like these are the moments I'm like, right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it's not about the takeaway. It's like I can eat in front of the TV tonight, full meal, exactly. proper glass yeah. of wine, all made up. But no, um, you know how I do because often, you know, like seemingly every every kind of um, uh, you know, kind of female female partner, not to be kind of casually sexist, but there's, there's definitely this this kind of um theme of, of them going to bed a little bit earlier than uh, us us gentlemen preferring to kind of stay up and maybe watch something a little bit different or stay up and watch highlights or just just chill on twitter um, and i i would definitely see that often as a time i would historically oh, i'll just I'll go down and make some toast or i'll open a packet yeah. of crisps or i'll have a bowl of cereal whereas now i just i just literally have just like a big bottle of water and i will just kind of sip that which means i need to wee constantly but it is worth <laughs> it is worth it rather than just continuing to pile on the pounds by smashing marmite toast all night long i'm gonna oh, try yeah. that i'm gonna try the water trick because it's a terrible habit i don't know how to get rid of it i absolutely don't know how to get rid of it yeah same it's, it's yeah. easy it's easy it's easily done but i'm with you i 100 agree with you about uh not uh like dumb tv i call it dumb tv where you're just yeah. watching something where you don't have to think you don't have to focus you could laugh on a joke and just watch it in the background um yeah i would even put friends now because i've watched it so often sometimes in the background or big bang theory or or these trashy tv programs that you that you mentioned like i i, I also do them when I don't want to think, when I've had a really long day, they are yeah. so important because it helps me really just kind of like, you know, uh, have a break M- mentally. I'm having a, a, a break and I'm not thinking about anything uh, and I don't really have to focus like like not 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 like when I'm watching The Wire or, or Breaking Bad or something that you really need to follow the storyline. But even that, I, I just think we've become such slaves of what technology is doing to us because I struggle to watch an hour-long episode in an hour. I'm watching 15 minutes of the show, and then me and my wife are, let's say, watching some together, which is a little bit heavy. We're like, phone break. 
and we have a two, three, four, five minute phone break where she's checking her WhatsApp, I'm checking my Twitter, and then that's sort of like a black hole where you dive into it, and then you do before you know it, 20 minutes have passed, and we've seen 15 minutes of the show, and we're getting back to it. So even that's a little bit of a thing that both of her are guilty about. Just I don't know why I brought it up, but I thought I'd just talk about it. That's all. No, I think I think that's interesting in terms of in terms of that. I, I'm I certainly do that with TV shows um, a lot, particularly the heavy dramas. Um, I'll have a wee or kind of, you know, top up of a drink. And, you know, I would definitely be checking my phone. With films, I'm much more strict, though. I'm a much, I'm a very old school movie buff. And I'm very much of a mentality of like, no, when I watch a film, that is the one time I will put my phone literally to the other side of a room charging and I will watch the film properly. And indeed, if you enter my house and watch a film in my presence, you will be expected to abide by the same rules. So, yep. you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> are you OCD? Let's say, let's say you're watching a movie with your partner and she's checking the phone for a scene. Will you go and rewind that scene back because you're a little uh, OCD about that thing and you want her to process that scene as well because it's so important? No, I do I, that all the time. Yeah, we won't get to that stage. I would have already been at the at the stage of why why is your phone out? You know, get yeah. it away. I can clearly see it's lit. To be fair, to be fair, my my, my partner knows this and, and res- respects this with a. Uh, with films nice. and you know she's also um uh, we were very into films we've you know we grew up watching films together and we moved away from the jerry Maguire instant um uh, onto onto better movies um and yeah oh. it's formed part of our relationship ever since i'm gonna dm you about some recommendations fantastic fantastic and do, do send me the um uh indian music ones that you said because i won't possibly be able to remember those so um uh, dm me then and i would definitely definitely give those a listen as well um so, well, I think that that leads us to our end. So that's all we've got time for on this Getting to Know episode. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you about a wide range of topics, Pranil. Um, so so thank you very much. Uh, I'm, I'm PJ, and you can find me on Twitter at HinduMonkey. I've been joined by my Amigo Mars at Mars05, and you can find our absent Amiga Kylie at KylieFBL. And of course, the often imitated, never duplicated Pranil, who you can find at LateRiser12. Make sure you are following our group account, Free Amigos FBL, and please like or subscribe via SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify. It's the only way we ask you to support the show. Adios, Amigos. Brave amigos are we